Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Angus Hardy on. He's the co-founder and CFO at Hollybob. Hi, Angus. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. You? Yeah, very good. Very good. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Pleasure. I'm excited to get stuck in. So do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yeah, so uh, I'm Angus, as you said. I'm co-founder and chief financial officer of Hollybob. Hollybob is a business-to-business marketplace for things to do. Um, So essentially where this all started was me and my flatmate at uni. Uh, We essentially started selling tours and we started selling uh, ski trips out of our university flat. Um, Sort of as we were getting towards graduating, we sold a few more than we expected. Um, And while we were kind of in the space, in the sort of selling products in the travel space, we came to realize that there was basically a an opportunity for uh, an aggregator of things to do um that would sell those products b2b um sort of in this running this ski operation and as a result we started volleyball um so that's where the sort of business came from it's been running getting on for three years now um and yeah i am the chief financial officer my co-founder is a cfo ceo um, and yeah, we've got a team of about 25 now. We've gone wow. through three fundraising rounds. Um, and yeah, we've got some lucky to say that we've got some of the sort of world's biggest travel businesses uh, as some of our sort of clients. And yeah, we're really starting to just starting to get to that phase as with any startup. But once you sort of get through that first two years and you've just managed to fine tune the sort of product market fit, um, you really start to open up the opportunities and the business really starts to grow and sort of get onto its own two feet. And we're, we're definitely at that stage now. Um, and as a result, my role sort of slowly transitions out of the generalist co-founder and sort of more into the focus of more CFO role. Interesting. So I'm, I'm really sort of astounded that there wasn't anything like this beforehand. It's, it's such a good idea, but it seems like there should have been something like this before. How did the idea sort of really come about? And where was that? When did you realize, oh, my God, nobody else is really kind of doing what we what we want to do? Yeah, it's a, good, a really good question. As with hopefully all good ideas, they kind of seem seem obvious once you've once you've had them. But so one of the ways we describe it is in each sort of travel vertical, whether it's flights, hotels, car hire there's they've all got the, the sort of main b2c brands so obviously booking.com skyscanner so flights hotels and then they have the leading sort of b2b brands such as um something called amadeus in hotels sort of uh, or flights rather something called hotel beds in in b2b for, for hotels and in all of these travel verticals there is a distinctive b2b player with the exception of um tours and experiences where there, there are there are brands which occupy that space but they're sort of as much b2c brands as they are they are b2b so we essentially had the problem as a ski business of where do we access all of these small independent things to do because it's not as easy as um just going and talking to a big hotel chain that has thousands of rooms you need to go and talk to a small sort of champagne tasting in paris or a pizza sort of walking tour in rome these aren't sort of big suppliers so what we had as the the consumer facing ski business was we needed to basically find one truth point one centralized aggregator fundamentally that could just give us all the, the products all the walking tours all the things to do we wanted and then we could solve the other difficult problems of the business of getting conversion rates, getting consumers, getting the advertising right. And we found that as a real pain problem of where do we actually access this 
massively fragmented market um, through one place. And we, we, I think the penny dropped a bit when we were talking to some other really big travel businesses and they had the same sort of fairly acute problem of they'd won the customer, they'd sold them their, what you might say, their core travel product, so a, a hotel, a flight, and it would then be quite straightforward to, not straightforward, but the, the consumers then could be interested in buying something to do from that from that um, from that travel business, but for them to try and try and access that product was very difficult. And at that point, we thought, hang on a sec, what this industry is missing is a uh, a piece of digital infrastructure which can provide basically those those products. That is bloody brilliant! What a great idea! How cool that you've and you've taken it to. How many people did you say are working with you guys now? Yeah, so um, we're hiring at the moment. Um, so we should be at somewhere around 25 by the end of Jan. Wow. Incredible uh, stuff. These things are a bit fluid. <laughs> for, for you, obviously, uh, starting this out your bedroom with your flatmate to now being having almost 20, uh, 25 people um, working for you. How has it been for you over those last three years of having to take on more work as a business, but also having to step back from what you initially did and start delegating that to people below you and uh, people around you. Uh, Challenging would be, it would be a good, a good way of putting it. But I think it's, it's, it's kind of a case of when you do, when you do start it, you are, you are effectively head of sales, head of legal, head of, uh, supply, hey, not 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 quite head of tech, but you're you're kind of you are doing. You're such a generalist, and you are so much sort of in in every single element uh, of of basically a business. And as it begins to grow and it begins to mature, and you bring more specialist people who are far better at doing those roles than you are, you kind of need to tear yourself away a little bit. And that is that is a, that is a bit of a challenge when you're kind of seeing your your baby to some extent you're kind of passing over your sales leads to someone else or you're kind of passing over the keys to a relationship to someone else so that is it's it's tricky and sort of as often with a lot of the sort of high growth startups which are sort of the flavor of the day at the moment um that change comes around quite quickly i mean the business changes sort of at the moment it's changing quarter on quarter on quarter so it starts a little bit slower but um very quickly you have to leave your comfort zone that you've basically just built for yourself where you sort of know what your roles are you know what you're doing you know where you fit in the business and then suddenly you've brought someone in to take something off your plate and you need to kind of reassess and work out where do you then fit in this new business that's kind of just evolved over the last sort of weeks and months so um it, it makes it very exciting, but it is, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging. You're, you're constantly pushed outside your comfort zone. You've got to reassess and then, and then crack on really. We love having startups on the podcast because it gives us a really good idea of, you know, what it's like to work there, how you can, we like to ask you guys how people can get jobs at startups. And this is going to be very general to start off with. And then we'll go into some depth about the different kind of roles you have and what you look for. But for a general rule, if somebody's looking to come and work at Holly Bob or, or, you know, a startup, what kind of personality traits do you think people really need to, to thrive in the startup world? So I'd say um, one of the, one of the super big things that we look for in anyone that we're trying to hire is, is a, a veracity to learn. I can absolutely sort of 
sponge-like approach to, to pretty much every, to pretty much any anything. Um, the one thing that you have a massive deficit of in any startup is basically the the, the full suite of skill sets you need to efficiently run a business you you sort of bootstrapping the business you don't have the resources you need people to be able to to solve problems that they don't necessarily or certainly approach problems they don't necessarily have the kind of the full the full um uh, skill set for so you have to get up a, a a learning curve and you have to find sort of innovative ways of solving problems and sort of part of our interview process we're very much saying sort of tell us something new that you learned and maybe someone's learned a new language or someone took a real interest in something a bit obscure so I think being a sponge and, and learning new stuff is is pretty much crucial um and then and then and then we we just need sort of go-getters as it were it's sort of in a in a startup you have um you have uh, I think quite a lot of freedom to to chase after opportunities I mean us as the the senior management team or the, or the fans of the business we we have our ideas as to this is what the business should be doing but as the business grows and we get more detached from the end consumer the end supplier those um newer members in holly in hollybob they have just as good ideas as we do as to what the business should be doing and and, and where we should be taking it so you've got to have the ability to um sort of really uh, see the, the see where the business is at the moment and see where it could go and then and then be a bit of a, a, a self-starter and that this is what we need to do to progress the business to try and get and achieve its vision so i think those are probably two of the two of the main things be a sponge be able to learn and be a bit of a, a go-getter be a self-starter and being obviously a tech platform as such how did you find um actually going out and getting the product built um, and then actually hiring the people in-house to sort of manage and run that, because that is an incredibly difficult area to hire in, isn't it? Yeah, super difficult. And at the moment, it's sort of, it, it is definitely a supply deficit for engineers. And I think I only see that increasing to an extent. Um, so interestingly, myself and my co-founder, neither of us are technical, um, uh, which has its, has its pros and cons and is maybe a little bit unlo- unusual, but we we came up with this concept of Hollybob as a, a, a te- te- piece of technical infrastructure and it is sort of obviously quite complicated and we sort of had the view of oh should we go and get a, a small um sort of design house to build a, a, an mvp a minimum viable product you'll sort of start for 10 or do we go out and try and try and hire a, a cto and we sort of stumbled into meeting our CTO. I actually met him at a networking event um, by the pizza stand and we just sort of got chatting to him. And uh, our CTO is a, a absolute sort of wealth of knowledge in all things tech. He's got a illustrious career behind him where he's done some super interesting stuff with sort of the big bulge bracket banks. And uh, essentially we just sort of pitched him the idea to, to a large extent and just said, look, this is what we want to do. We, realize this is complicated we think we need someone of your caliber on do you fancy sort of getting in as part of the pretty much the, the, the starting team and we managed to be um i guess convincing enough that he he gave us a bit of his time to begin with he sort of developed with us the the, the first mvp as i said and then from there it's if we then started to hire more people and sort of build that team around him and around us and i think the the great one of the things that was a really good benefit for that is 
that did mean that we had from sort of day one um, a really really good quality tech stack and, and sort of some some really Rolls Royce tech. Um, yeah, that's how we went about it. So, what's your take? And we always ask this question: What's your take on CVs versus kind of online portfolios? Whether that be uh, your LinkedIn or, or when it comes to technical, I think GitHub. Um, what's your take on seeing a paper CV versus actually, you know, this is what I've done. Here are some examples. Here's practical, real world stuff I've done. What's your take on it? Do you prefer a CV or portfolios? Yeah. So. Um... I've, I don't get too much in the recruiting of the tech side, certainly in the last sort of six months or so. But one interesting observation that I remember someone in our team had was I know there, there are some software engineers that will build their own website and they'll sort of design their own website or put some, maybe you should describe that as a portfolio. And I think our view has been that if one were to dedicate the, the, uh, adequate amount of time to make your portfolio your website if it's just for a hiring purpose as good as it would be it would take you a very 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 long time so then producing something which sort of isn't your best is potentially going to come off uh, sort of n- n- not as well as it could do and then it sort of leads the question as well as it worth doing it anyway so i'd say in terms of us hiring uh sort of software engineers we we very much just we work off CVs to be honest. I think um, we tend to just see if they've got the relevant um, experience. We've we've hired, but but we're also not we're also that isn't the the kind of be all and end all. We've hired software engineers sort of straight out of straight out of university, and um, they have been some some of our best to be honest. So we don't really worry too much about that. A lot more we put we put a lot more emphasis on the actual interview. Now you're um, running your own business. What are some of the, like, the challenges and struggles that you've had to overcome and deal with that you you really were not expecting to have to do at the beginning of uh, this dream? Oh, crikey, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> your sleepless night, perhaps, which is yeah. kind of something that is very cliche um, and, a, and a lot of people say, and actually I remember we had someone come in and give a bit of a talk and they were like, oh, you'll get the sleepless nights with a sort of smile on their face, but there's <laughs> nothing enjoyable about sleep, sleepless nights when you're in, a, when you're in a, a tricky spot. So, I mean, obviously there's the stresses and strains of, of starting a business, uh, which, which is to be expected. I think you, you just, again, the learning piece, like you, you learn so much that I never realized that I would get to know so much about corporate finance from a legal perspective, for instance, but I've had to read through a 200 page legal document when we would do one of our fundraising rounds. So you get to learn all about articles of association and drag along and tag along rights and things like that. Um, I mean, as part of my role as the CFO, which is, which is where my passion lines, I did economics at uni and I love a spreadsheet. Um, You kind of, you, you get to learn like loads about how are selling a thing to do in Rome basically impacts the sort of the the balance sheet or the, 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 the financials of a business at the aggregate scale. So I sort of find that super interesting and something which, uh, maybe I sort of did expect to learn that, but um, 
Yeah, probably just the probably just the, the 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 sort of breadth of knowledge that you have to have to basically make a business run with a very very small team. I'm just going back to kind of hiring people and looking at CVs and, and maybe even interview processes. Uh, not thinking about the tech side as much, but maybe some other roles within the business. What are some things that really stand out to yourself and maybe other people that are hiring that make you go, "Oh, actually, yeah, we need this person in the business." So I sat next. So I, I sat next to someone at lunch um, a, a couple of months ago, and we were at that time looking to hire a um, a an, an account, a, a someone sort of in the in the commercial team, in the sales team, and I think in a small in a small startup team, you you really want people who are kind of going to be sort of a positive energy who are going to be person who are going to be personal i think it's important because you need to get on with these people particularly in a small a small business um when you're spending quite a lot of time sort of talking to, to talking to not to hundreds of people um and just someone who's again i, I come back to this go-getter thing so someone who's going to really pick up challenges and come at them with a positive and can do attitude i mean the, the statistically the chances of startups succeeding are really slim sort of uh, a venture capital business will invest in 10 startups with the ex- with the expectation that one is going to one is going to to succeed so so your chances of success are quite slim and to give you the best chance of being example you just need people i think that have got optimism that are that are real go-getters that will kind of push water uphill as we say who come up with solutions rather than sort of problems of how to of how to do something will be tenacious in trying to find the solution um I, i'm lucky to say at holly bob everyone we have ticks that box it's kind of it's a hell of a place to work and we have some super 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 bright people that 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 come up against challenges that seem insurmountable at the start that seem insurmountable for a, a business of our size but every time the the kind of the the challenge has been put in front of us we've managed to solve it and if we if we couldn't have done that we wouldn't be here and that only really comes from us hiring people that that just can sort of kick down doors when it comes to solving problems and just just put everything that they have into it um and yeah that's all we can ask from anyone really and, and since starting your business what's been sort of the biggest positive or maybe biggest opportunity you've you've actually sat back and gone oh my god that's happened uh, i mean there's yeah, there is, there is nothing like raising raising cash. I would say because mm. it seems so. It, it, it's such a definitive line in the line in the sand. I'd say it is kind of your your payback for for someone. It's, it's almost as much as someone else kind of validating that in the early days that your your hypothesis, your business hunch, was was right. Um, that, you, that there is sort of clever people out there who are willing to invest. Sort of, uh, a significant amount of cash in your idea being successful so i mean that's that is definitely one of the one of the good parts of running a business i mean making your first sale you kind of you don't don't really ever forget that that and, and particularly with a, a tech business where you have to invest a lot of of cash just to make your first sale rather than selling ski holidays when you start the business the next day you're selling stuff um i mean that was an, an epic moment to know that kind of your hunch that your business idea is going to work actually comes to reality. Um, and then actually the, the third, the third thing I'd say is just hiring great people. There is, is so great to, 
sort of have someone new join the team that uh, kind of brings new energy to the business that kind of gels well with everyone else and suddenly they are kind of in the holly bob they are a holly a holly bobber as we refer to ourselves <laughs> and they are kind of picking up the baton that, that that you've sort of carried so far and they are sort of taking that forwards is it's definitely one of the best parts about it i'd say is when we hiring new people seeing the seeing them or seeing the business before and uh maybe apart from the sleep and night sleepless nights what would be um some less favorable aspects of this uh this startup world and getting involved in a new company uh less favorable less favorable aspects um uh, I mean, every every day is a learning day, which is sort of good at which is which is why well, it's a good thing. But it means you 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 because you don't have the skill sets sort of in the business that perhaps a more mature business would have. Um, you then do need to kind of sort of work out how to 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 do something sometimes. Um, so I've I've, I've pretty much as part of this process needed to teach myself uh, accounting and I mean I've got the qualifications now but uh, before when we were running the running the ski business um I mean I didn't have any sort of qualifications particularly in, in 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 anything other than an economics degree but you are suddenly moving uh, a, a lot of money around kind of out of your bedroom um which is, as you can imagine, pretty nerve-wracking, and you don't really want to get that wrong. When, yeah, there's a, there's a lot on the line for it. So you 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 do get quite broad shoulders quite quickly, um, and yeah. So I'd say that's one element. And then, and to answer your question, probably the other element is, yeah, as with any sort of early stage business, you have a lot of manual processes just to just as you're, you're getting your feet off the ground um and there's uh there's there's a, there's a bit of that that we're now actually seeing the back of as we're becoming more mature but yeah i'd say probably those those two things and what kind of roles um do you actually have at holly bob you know what kind of uh, departments do you have and what kind of things are people doing at holly bob yeah so we we have um our technical team um so the research and uh, sort of r&d team which does all the software engineering and there's uh we're sort of all, always looking for new talent in there um to be honest we we're lucky that we're sort of on the cutting edge of doing new tech which is great so uh so we're sort of always looking for, for new 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 headcount in there um and then on the other side of the business we have the commercial division and we would split that into uh, into sales so going out and signing contracts with some big travel businesses going to quite a lot of events sort of making contacts it's our industry is quite um sort of relationships are quite a big part of that you're really getting to know people um and and sort of and and, and watching a business sort of um, evolve and and seeing when would they be interested in looking at things things to do as part of that part of their product offering um we have the account management side which is once we have a partner up and live and they are sort of transacting is right how do we um do some clever stuff with data so we're making sure the right products in front of the right person at the right time how do we um sort of release a new marketing um, new marketing campaign how do we how do we really get um these these tools and experiences um in front of the right people um and then 
finally we have the supply team um which is really going out there and sourcing these sort of walking tours wine tasting um and contracting with them we have part of the the, the, the structure of holly bob is um we use a tech to basically aggregate a lot of these things to do so we have sort of hundreds of thousands of different things to do are accessible to us now um, and the supply team takes charge of that and then finally we have the sort of finance team which is um, myself and uh, the rest of the, the finance team which is um, not that big at the moment but it'll be it will probably be growing as the business grows I certainly think I'd be suitable for your source team that sounds uh, sounds pretty good <laughs> <laughs> um, Starting up a new company, though, uh, particularly you started it just before COVID and um, going through the whole lockdown and things like that. How have you sort of uh, created the way you're, you want your company to run with working from home? Or, are, or do you actually have a central hub where most of you meet up day to day? Yeah, um, so... Yeah, well, so we we yeah had had COVID to negotiate through this through this journey, which um, we sort of formed the view if yeah, sort of getting through COVID and out the other side would would probably be a very good thing, uh, assuming we did and we have. Um, so we did need to form the team completely remotely because everything was in lockdown. So we did a lot of interviewing and a lot of a lot of getting people up to speed. Um, remotely and uh yeah that was challenging as, as it was for a lot of people but i think the, the great thing that it gave us was the ability to now hire and not be afraid to hire sort of world over so we have we've got um sort of team members in new zealand um we have briefly team members in um uh, brazil at, at one stage we've kind of got a, a very fluid team our some of our software engineers will be working from different different parts of europe now and again um so uh yeah we've we we kind of and i mean when covid came along no one had written written the book for how do you how do you spin up a remote company um from sort of nothing so we were the same with everyone going up again that learning that learning curve finding out what works what doesn't work i mean one of the things that we did which has just been absolutely fantastic is once a week we have a what we just call a coffee break where the whole company goes on a call and you do a random breakout room um so you're on with just three new people each week and the only rule is you're not allowed to talk about work um so we tried to do that to try and make a sort of office environment and yeah they're great you kind of definitely finish those feeling a bit rejuvenated and 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 stuff and the the, the team really enjoy them um we have got we work license now so if someone wants a WeWork pass, that so they can, they can, they can go. We have um, a fair chunk of the team in London. We've got a bit of the team in Edinburgh, um, and we have a we we have a what we call a, a a month a monthly office day where we say it's not mandated, but generally, if people want to come into an office, we'll just synchronize which office that is and when and people can go to the one in Edinburgh or the one in Glasgow or, or sorry the one in London, um, and yeah, just have a face to face time. Awesome. That's uh no, that sounds like a brilliant way of working, particularly the way things are going. That sounds just quite helpful for everyone. And I'm shocked how many technical companies I'm speaking to. I suppose it shouldn't be too um surprising, but obviously you're an um an English based company or British, I assume. Uh, but you do hire all over the world, and I'm surprised how many more companies I'm speaking to that are doing that. Um, how, how do you hire or advertise for jobs that are 
literally applicable to anyone in the world? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. There's so we we there's a there's a website called um, uh, Angels Angel List, which is which is quite quite a good recruiting, which you, you guys may have heard of, but it's quite a good recruiting platform for startups. Um, which we've had, which we've had some some application through. We've used LinkedIn quite a lot actually, um, and we've kind of put some cash behind uh, job roles for that, and, and those those tend to be quite quite strong. Um, we did actually at one stage get an in-house uh, recruiter in briefly um, because we just had that many roles to, to fill, and sort of getting the the first lead generation of cvs and, and putting ads out and things is quite quite time um intensive um but yeah it's a case of just sort of casting the net pretty wide with linkedin and, and sort of saying we're not we don't just want people in the uk we want some people to further afield from that um we've actually got so we've sometimes yeah we've uh, so i mean we had um uh, someone worked for us who was uh, Egyptian. They weren't actually working for us from Egypt, but they, they've been out of in um, Dublin. But we've got a really sort of um, wide background of, of team of team members at Hollywood, which is great because if you need to be selling things to do to global customers, you want as sort of as global team as possible, really. So it's um, so yeah, it's it's kind of it hasn't been it hasn't been a, a massive challenge getting people to apply from outside of Britain. I'd say. And uh, would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, travel industry is like uh, sort of super, super fun. It's sort of everyone can relate to it. Everyone likes going on holiday. Not not many people know this, but leisure travel is, I think, eleven percent of the world's GDP. It's it's kind of absolutely vast. Like it's sort of everyone in the world seemingly goes on holiday, and it's just something that for those who have a level of disposable income will often sort of spend it on going on holiday um and so it's so it's yeah it's a huge market and, and kind of getting and bringing tech solutions to it which are which which work is um is a super interesting space to be in um and yeah i think we we kind of are coming to this industry with a bit of fresh thinking i mean sort of an interesting stat is that some of the biggest travel or some of the biggest travel businesses today that we all heard of airbnb skyscanner uh, one fine stay if you know it get your guide if, you, if you've heard of that um they all started just at the sort of peak of the 2008 recession so these sort of big macro sort of international events do certainly in this industry tend to cultivate the next wave of innovation the next wave of tech solutions and we see that same thing happening now with covid and there's a lot of businesses out there that are now looking how do they get more value out of their current consumers how do they diversify their product offerings sort of holly bob in its in its solution of bringing new products to the table for their consumers and a way of sort of cross-selling those is is um, sort of in the right place at the right time i'd say so yeah no it's a, it's a great industry and uh, you get to travel a lot when there's not when there's not uh covid restrictions anyway well thank you so much for your time angus it's been great hearing about holly bob and your career and i wish you all the best of luck with it all thanks dan thanks tom thanks thanks very much oh where can people find you and uh your company and what you're up to 
Yeah, for sure. So if you uh, if you go on LinkedIn um, and just search Holly Bob, you can give the company a follow on our on our LinkedIn um, our LinkedIn channel, if that's what we call it. Um, you go to our website. We have uh, sort of a careers page, um, and you can just reach reach out uh, over the over the website as well. Um, we are hiring at the moment in a number of areas, um, and yeah, super interested just to meet anyone who fancies a. Okay, the the startup life. Brilliant. Thanks, Angus. Thank you so much. Cheers.